I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. You can always find us at K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L dot com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I'm here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Welcome to the show, J.C. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) We are also um, on YouTube. Uh, We try to be on YouTube every Monday through Thursday as well with the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. And so you can go to the Chris Ann Hall YouTube channel. And while you're there, don't forget to ring the Liberty Bell right there on YouTube so that you can uh, increase our algorithms so that more people will see our shows. Same thing with SoundCloud. A lot of people don't realize when, when you just simply go to SoundCloud and you subscribe and like the shows, it takes literally two seconds you help us gain listeners by your acknowledging the liking and the subscribing to the show. So the more you like, the more you subscribe, the more you share, the more people can learn. And if you don't learn the easy way, you got to learn the hard way. Uh, I wanted to, JC, we talked yesterday about this Planned Parenthood case that was before this, well, sort of before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court denied the writ of certiorari, which means they just simply said, sorry, we're not going to give an opinion on this matter. Yeah. And I explained it all yesterday, so if you want to hear the the details about that, go to yesterday's show. But uh, I got a lot of questions on Facebook about it because they wanted to know about Kavanaugh. And one person asked me, Chrisanne, why did all the liberals vote with Kavanaugh? I don't understand this. <laughs> and and I simply responded, the liberals did not vote with Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh voted with the liberals. And it's just one another one of those were, moments. Were you seriously being asked why did the yeah. liberals vote with Kavanaugh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think That's it was I, I think it was I, I think it was yeah, I think it was a misunderstanding. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, because I, I think Kavanaugh is a confusing element in this whole Supreme Court uh, dynamic because the conservatives, quote unquote, fought so hard to get Kavanaugh on the bench. People who that people actually believe he's a 
conservative people or constitutional? Don't, yeah, people <laughs> don't understand what in the world is going on with Kavanaugh. And it's only because they didn't listen to our show, right? And so I explained the liberals did not vote with Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh voted with the liberals. And then I was asked, well, if this is such a good thing, why did Kavanaugh vote with the liberals? And, and I said, because that's who he is. And, and, I, and it's sort of frustrating for me, obviously, because I think we had no less than seven shows during, <laughs> during the Kavanaugh confirmation about how Kavanaugh is not a conservative, he is not a constitutionalist, at best he's Kennedy 2.0, and yeah. he's, he's, he's fallen right into March step with exactly how we described Kavanaugh to be. And so, but it's, it's got people like, we, this does not compute, this does co- not compute. And for me it's sort of frustrating as well because... The Republicans did fight so hard to get Kavanaugh, and Gorsuch is like 100 times better. So why didn't they go more Gorsuch style with Kavanaugh than, than the liberal style that they took with Kavanaugh in the first place? Probably want to ask the Heritage Foundation. They're the one that recommended him. Oh, they're, they're, don't that's even get where, me going there. That's where Trump gets, or, or maybe, or was it Federalist Society? I don't know. He it, First off, Trump... Like like we've said many times, he gets recommendations. I mean, this is not a this that's the crazy thing when people characterize uh, Gorsuch or Kavanaugh or any of these judges. Oh, these are Trump appointees. Trump has no idea who these people are. No, he, he, he was no handed idea. a sheet with names and said, "Okay, these are the guys you need to you need to recommend." So, you know. Yeah, he has no clue who these people are, and I, and uh, you know what? Um. Or then again, Eric, maybe he does. But Eric Holder was a Ronald Reagan appointee. Yeah, so. So this this appointee figure. stuff doesn't really mean anything at all. Well, that's the idiotic thing about it that we talk about. It, it, you know, you connect this thing to a president, right? Right. Uh, so-and-so appointed him, therefore. It, it, so-and-so who, didn't who, appoint anybody. The Senate did, so. Well, nominate whatever. But the thing is, attaching it to right. a president. It's completely nonsensical because it, it, it says nothing. No. Look, at, look at that individual's record in the courtroom. It's, you can't just look at the president and say, okay, because Obama appointed this guy, he's this way. Or Reagan appointed him, so he's this way. Or Trump appointed him, so he's this way. You're not going to know. We talked about Kavanaugh's record. Uh, I, I think I think the, um, the research said what was it? Something like 94 percent. He in the D.C. Circuit, he voted with the left. 94 percent right. of the 94% time. 94 percent of the so time. So you can't look at oh he's he's great because Trump appointed him, and you don't even you don't even know his history. You don't know his record. You don't know anything right. about him. And now now the problem you said we did seven shows and you know the whole hearing and thing. The, the problem with all that is the hearing, remember, was redirected into an issue about due process. Right. So the so everybody is is correctly fighting for due process and talking about the insanity of whatever Blazy Ford or whatever her name is, Dr. Right. Ford and all that sort of stuff. And so it actually distracted from evaluating the the judge himself. Right. Right. So exactly. we're on one side. 
Well, say, I would say distracted. I, they have no intentions of evaluating judges to right. begin with. So, so it distracted the people from the I fact mean. that that's what I mean. It distracted so the it people from the, the fact that we never even yeah. asked a real I, constitutional question of him to begin so with. So I believe it. The who's in control of this stuff. It served their purposes. Yes. To distract the people. So it did what it was supposed to do. Everybody got everybody was talking about due process, right? Kavanaugh mm-hmm. deserved due process and all that was absolutely true. But then that that all the noise of that concealed uh well, what, what's his record look like? Then what's not only that. Like? So so if you, if you actually well, did that, you would be is, surprised. Yeah, it's actually I also said that not only that, it made it such a uh, there was such a dichotomy there that if if you actually voted against Kavanaugh based on his record, then all of a sudden now you're siding with all of this the crazy left, the craziness going assault. on yep. with with Ford, Ford and all the the attacks of due process and yep. and uh, uh, so, Casio Cortez so or no um what's her name Harris. Uh, yeah, so, I always I get those two confused. So not only did it serve to distract. From doing right. an actual examination, it also served to pigeonhole, right. you know, anyone who might have opposed him. Now it put them in a position of if you do oppose him, you're going to look like you're anti-due process. Therefore, now you have to support him. So uh, my point is, if if we'd actually examine the guy, if you look look at his history, maybe these people that are asking you these questions wouldn't be so surprised if you really knew who the guy was in the first place rather than saying uh, Trump nominee, therefore good. Right. And know nothing about it. So that's what happened. And that, so that's how we're here. So uh, sometimes Kavanaugh is going to be on the right side, but we talked at length about how Kavanaugh forms his opinion, and mm-hmm. that's based on precedent that's based on judicial supremacy he holds precedent above the constitution and then there he he's all over the map so then sometimes you're you know certain things that you believe in as a as a you know supporter of liberty or conservative whatever you want to call yourself you know he's going to be on your side sometimes and then again if you have this perspective you're going to scratch your head like why did he do this and why is he siding with them well, because you didn't listen to the Chris Ann Hall show <laughs> and you didn't read any of the cart articles that Chris Ann Hall wrote. Well, this and is so what you're going to get. This is what you're going to get. That, that's, this is what Kavanaugh will look like from now until till he's done with his uh, appointment. I mean, he's going to be all over the map and, you're, and he's going to side with liberals and he's going to make these bizarre uh, opinions and alliances. This is just who he is. And so now you're finding out. Well, right. I was trolling Diane Feinstein's Twitter account uh, earlier, and you know, just sort of seeing what's going on on that side of the universe. And you know, there's appointments still going on right now. The lower court appointments are still happening uh, as we speak. And I ran across an appointment where the Boris, the American Bar Association, is vehemently opposed to this judge that was nominated by Trump. And I thought, yeah. That's the guy I want. <laughs> I want the guy that the that the bar association finds unfit to sit on the bench. That's the guy that I want. Hey, JC, since you've been married to a lawyer now for, well, you've been married to me for 22 years, but I've only been, uh, you've been married to a lawyer since 2001. Uh, you 
there's there's a legal case that should sound familiar to you. Does the Chevron yeah. that sounds familiar mm-hmm. to you? Okay, so um, there is a new case that's coming before the Supreme Court. They'll hear or arguments about it in January that has the potential of being very very large. Uh, I mean, earth shattering, changing kind of perspective going on here. Uh, And it's actually going to give the court the opportunity to review this uh, doctrine called the Chevron deference and uh, another doctrine called the Auror deference, which is basically uh, says these two Supreme Court cases say that the agencies have the the executive agencies have the power to define their own terms to define their own rules and to fill in all the blanks when the legislature does not write the laws clearly so every time congress creates a law and tells them to do something the supreme court has said no they can change they can change whatever they want Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Uh, I want everybody to be aware of this new case that was just added to the docket for the Supreme Court. It's called Kaiser v. Wilkie. And this is where the Supreme Court's going to consider whether to overturn a line of cases instructing courts to defer to an agency's interpretations of its own regulations. The court's opinion could have a really significant implication on administrative law, and it could bring uh, to the forefront the question of when and whether justices should overrule their prior cases. There's this idea that, that the justices should not even be overturning their precedent. That's how high precedent has become in the minds of the the judicial followers that, that's how idiotic this is that's yeah. that's how illogical it is right i mean because they how do you not understand i mean these guys i mean they will make this argument and they're scratching their heads and oh it's just you know how can we do this in this big debate mm-hmm. it uh, you want to look them in the face and go hey bro you are standing there arguing that black men are property. Right. <laughs> You're literally <laughs> arguing that black men are property when you say, I don't know if we should overturn precedent. Then black men should still not be citizens. They should still be considered property because you, the Supreme Court, you are the ones that said that. The Constitution didn't say it. You said it. Dred Scott. Did you not study Dred Scott? It blows my mind how stupid. Stupid! These guys yeah, are well, having this discussion. Not only uh, Korematsu, which said that uh, the executive branch is justified in imprisoning American citizens based on their birth heritage in matters of national security, and you know, just just as a little side note, because this Korematsu thing really, really ticks me off, because Roberts 
just this pat just this year 2018 roberts mentions as an aside in another case oh by the way uh because i'm mentioning this we we are overturning korematsu okay it was a case that had nothing to do with the facts of korematsu korematsu was not even brought up as an argument in the case it had nothing to do with the litigation of the of the matter at hand Legally speaking, and every scholar who, who studies law knows that when, when the just, justices just mention something offhand, it's called dicta. And dicta has absolutely no, uh, no, legal, uh, no legal bearing on anything at all. It's just like, just like a chatter. judge sneeze. It's chatter. It's chatter, right? And so now, all of a sudden, this is what's crazy, because I saw Gorsuch write this in a dissenting opinion that, um, well, uh, complaining about the fact that we're not overturning stuff. He said, just, 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 this, just this year, we overturned Korematsu. And I thought, oh, yeah, my happen? goodness. This is what's happened now. Because somebody overheard Robert say that while he was at, you know, at the urinal. Right, exactly. Now, all so of a sudden, that's a dis- decision. Now, the power of these justices have become so great that their offhanded comments are supposed yeah. to dictate how we live our lives. To, to their brother's grandma's cousin at the family reunion, he said that, you know, in, yeah. in passing while they were having a beer. And, hey, guys, I said this the other day at the family reunion, so I just want to let you know I overturned that. Uh, it was l- last weekend in the park. So, you know, from every every historical procedure, Korematsu is not overturned, unless, of course, you just want to go along with the judges being kings yep. and whatever they say, whenever they say it, in whatever terms they say it, it's just, it but here, is. But here's the thing. <laughs> They're going to have this never-ending circular logic debate and they will never stop and say why is our precedent all over the map in the first place maybe we ought to get to the root of the problem why we have to set precedent overturn precedent and question whether we can set precedent or overturn precedent is because we're not following the constitution in the first place well and that's and that's what's amazing because Thomas, in his dissent of the Planned Parenthood case, m- remarks at how all over the place they are, but never remarks on what why they're that way. And it's it's this oligarchy kind of ideology that we have of these justices. So this case, I want to talk about this case. It's important. Kaiser v. Wilkie. So here it comes. Um, when we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you the facts of the case and tell you why this is important and how I think it's going to work out. As arrogant men tear up our constitution And from every direction we cry revolution Standing together and without permission so The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist.
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. I want to talk to you today about Kaiser v. Wilkie. Now listen to these facts. James Kaiser was a Marine who served in the Vietnam War and sought benefits for PTSD. In 2006, the Department of Veterans Affairs agreed that Kaiser suffers from PTSD but refused to give him benefits dating back to 1983 when he had first filed the claim for benefits. The VA's denial in Kaiser's case it hinged on, its, on the VA's interpretation of the term relevant in one of its regulations. And so what we have now is the Chevron and the, the our uh, standard set by the Supreme Court that says these agencies have the unquestionable authority to define their own terms and be their own checks and balances. Right? JC, you can't see him. He's like crazy. He knows this is crazy. So these things have actually, these two standards have, also, have, have been targeted by conservative justices uh, a number of times, but they've never had enough on the bench to, to uh, undo them. To, to strip these agents, the agency's power right. to redefine words, redefine. to make their own language. No, it's, it's actually, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's a legislation without representation. Right. Because what happens but is... But they can take existing legislation and morph it and enforce it any way they want to because they're saying you basically have the power to reinterpret the very meaning of the words. Right. And, and, the, and make no mistake, the legislators totally take advantage of this. They write legislation vague. They write it yes. with with uh, without true definitions. They don't put definitions in there. They write them with with great latitude for the for the regulatory agencies to go in and make definitions, to make procedures, to make rules. Why? Because they will do things that the legislators can't get away with. Right, because the legislators actually do have to be elected, and 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 it doesn't sound like it. It doesn't seem like it. They actually are worried about re-elections from time to time. But they know if they write the legislation and they write it with full of holes and blank spots and vagues and vagary and 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 uh, just crappy legislation, they can send it over to the agencies, and the agencies will fill in the blanks. Well, and secondarily. They're writing laws about things they know nothing about. Right. And they're writing laws relative to things that they should not be legislating in the first place. Exactly. That they're so far removed from. Yeah, you know, because... If these are state and local issues, then you, you, you have uh, the means to to get to know what's going on and figure this out and, and be responsive to those you represent. Right. And so now, I mean, I, I just want to remind everybody... This this Chevron standard, this our standard, is the same standard that Scalia used when he wrote the majority opinion uh, justifying the EPA and their creation and definition of carbon credits and things like that. So uh, it's this mass deference that the courts give to the agents, which creates this unconstitutional. I mean, it's unconstitutional from the get go. Right. Because like you said, they're creating laws. They don't have authority to create. Then you have the lead the agencies creating laws, which is legislation without representation. And so. 
what this case does, if if the justices get together, which would take, um, it, well, it would take five. Which Kennedy, meaning Kavanaugh would have to stop being a lefty for a day. Right. Right. Well, yeah. And and I don't I don't know Alito. I don't think that Alito would overturn this precedent either because he's like a Scalia when it comes to executive agencies and executive power. That's right. True. So when you talk about executive agencies for the Supreme Court, you're not talking about uh, guys and gals in suits. You're talking about presidential power. Yeah, so right? you probably have Gorsuch. You may have Thomas, maybe not. No, Thomas has historically been one that has wanted to to at yeah. least confine these agencies a little bit more. Right. So you'll have Thomas, so you'll knows? have Gorsuch. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're going to have to rely on, on finding uh, three other justices, one who's n- not going to be Roberts, Roberts is the one who wrote the health care opinion, right? It's not going to be it's not going to be Kavanaugh because Kavanaugh is all for all of this stuff. Yeah, but he's already but written see, all these opinions about the this problem. stuff. Here's the problem: you don't. That's that's one of the problems. They're unpredictable. You don't know, right? They may all get on board. I mean, that's one of the issues. You don't know. They're not principled people. They don't rule based on a. Fi- or they don't, you know, opine, decide yeah. opine whatever. <laughs> Old. Uh, based on a fixed standard yeah so sometimes it's up in the air you just don't know because a way that you know somebody like roberts friends look at roberts is a great example so you look at a guy who has made decisions in a certain way right mm-hmm. for decades you, you can look at everything related to a particular case you line them all up spanning a decade and then all of a sudden, he's on the opposite side. No, it's it's not a penalty; it's a tax. It's not a tax; it's a penalty. Whatever. You know, you don't know where he's going to go. Even even given their history, because they don't operate based on principles, they don't operate on a fixed standard. So I that, think there's that's a principle why. there. They just we just don't know what that principle well, is. They, it's they something that's self-serving. I believe. Right. So whatever they don't that operate is. on the fixed standard. That they're supposed to, is, is what I'm getting at. So they don't operate according to the Constitution, which is the fixed right. standard you're supposed to be able to refer to. So you don't know where these guys are going to go. Somebody like uh, Thomas and Gorsuch, right, They, their intent is to base their opinions on the Constitution. Now, Thomas has a couple of areas where he has his perspective like i think when it comes to police power right but he's consistent in that area so you right you kind of so you know where you know he's, he's going to be right, usually right. on the wrong side in in that little area but for the most part you can look at those two guys and they're consistent because they're they are principled well, people and gorse and i'm sorry uh ginsburg sotomayor and kagan yes you know how they you know where they're going to be yeah. you know where they're going to be on these kind of issues no matter what it is you know where they are so this so so the inconsistencies are were always kennedy but now mal kavanaugh and roberts you know who knows what they're going to do so let's say some miracle happens and they find that there's going to be an overturning of Chevron in an hour. This is what happens. The executive agencies will be stripped of their authority to create laws. 
They will be stripped of their authority to self-govern. And not only that, okay, so they're not going to be able to make up their own rules. They're not going to be the, the on, only check and balance on the rules. They're not going to be able to make up definitions. They're not going to be able to fill in the blanks, right? So what does that mean? This means that a, a, an overturning of these standards not only affects the executive agencies, it also affects Congress. Right. Because a lot of power back to Congress. It shifts the back to, con- to the the power back to Congress. It will shift the spotlight back to Congress. The the authority and the accountability will go back to Congress. Okay. Right. Now you got to answer for this stuff. This is why I, we I got contacted by a lot of people really excited about this, but I don't mean to put some. Some cynical wet blanket already know. You on your coals you of hope. You don't have hope that it's gonna. No, because there's because too much pressure. shift there. Yeah. There's going to be too much pressure on Congress. There's going to be too much. It it will be. It'll be administrative chaos. Yeah, Congress. Chaos. Well, think Congress about Congress and its stakeholders don't want that. Uh, they want. No. They don't want to be accountable for that. They, they want to be not. able to hide behind, even even a rogue agency. Right? They want to be able to hide behind a rogue agency and have someone to point to and use in campaign material. Look, if and we're going to be happens, honest, there's. If we're going to be honest, there's not really rogue agencies because right. these agencies are just doing what Congress Co- wants correct. to do, but they 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 don't have the the, the fortitude yeah. to, to stand no, up. And I'm do using that. their characterization. Right. Right. right that that right, mean, right. that's what they say. So That's not only what they that, want. not only will that shift happen, but think about all of the regulations and definitions that are already written by the agencies within the code, right? So they overturn Chevron an hour. Now there's going to be lawsuit after lawsuit after yeah, lawsuit. Lots You're going to because the corporations are just standing by. They're the ones with the clenched fists right now, like like horses. In, at, at the gate, oh, please overturn this, please overturn this, so that they can go after these executive agencies and reduce the burden of regulation uh, based on their, on their the, the, the sort of plenary powers that, we, that Congress has granted to the executive agencies. See, that's, so that to me is another uh, influence, you know, pushing in the other direction. Mm-hmm. So then you have to ask how beholden are is Congress to the to the corporate interests who want who wants it mm-hmm. uh, to happen, right? So again, y- you don't know which way it's going to go, because yeah, I just well the chaos. I there's no way. This is this is a this is a ball of yarn they can't unravel. I don't think it w- without. I mean, chaos. If if there's a stronger word, I don't know. You're the wordsmith. There is a stronger word for chaos. Well, sh- should it happen? If, That's the question. If it happens, does, it needs to, does this needs to happen? Right. It needs to happen. Yeah. It absolutely needs to happen. I think if the burden then is shifted back to Congress, like I said, then the spotlight is back on Congress, and, and the, that's how it's supposed and, to work. And that's how it's supposed to work. And these regulations will will not be executed in the same ways that they are today because the people will know who to point the finger at and, that's, and they'll know who to hold accountable. And that's one of the difficulties at, at, at the center of this issue for the people is that these are unelected bureaucrats in these exactly. agencies. And you, you can't, no control you can't, over you them. You can't do anything. You can't hold them accountable and they can come and completely destroy your life and there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. 
and and the all the Congress does is agree with you and point a finger. Yeah, yeah, that's an evil agency. You're right. I, Even I, the Supreme Court says the executive agencies can fill in these blanks and we have nothing, you know, our legislative intent is just guidance. Re- it's not a dictate. Remember the IRS targeting? Yeah. Whatever happened with that? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, you look okay. at there no, are people's businesses and lives ruined. The EPA uh, was Nothing. called on to the carpet by Congress. Big congressional hearings. Nobody heard about. Found out they'd been faking data, and nothing ever happened. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. This is our final segment for the day. And I just I just want everybody to keep your eyes open for this case. Once again, the case is Kaiser v. Wilkie. And it's a case that's going to be the oral arguments will be heard sometime in January. And it's going to be an interesting thing. And I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head there, JC. We're going to find out who's loyal to whom, depending on how this goes. And it could be that they just do the same thing they did with Planned Parenthood, that after after the briefs are set forward, they just in they deny certiorari and then, it, you know, then they punt. Like you said, they punt, it goes back. Yeah. Like, but you said something about, the unconstitutionality of this uh, uh, because what we have are congressmen creating laws about things they have absolutely no idea about. They have no, absolutely no authority to do so. And I immediately thought of the Google CEO standing before Congress on Tuesday and you see Peter King uh, yelling at the Google guy, why is it that when my daughter searches my name on her iPhone that, uh, you know, that these disparaging memes come up about me? And the CEO of Google had to say, well, I'm sorry, Mr. King, iPhone yeah. is a completely different company. Right. And so this I mean, I think that's just an indication of the fact that these people have no idea what they're talking about when they sit down to write any laws. You know, they're trying to think about laws to write about this so they can control cell phones and they can control Internet. Yeah. Uh, You you know, I don't like these guys. I don't like there's no like Comrade Bryn. I don't like I don't like Zucker Kami and, and I don't like this like the new this new guy. Whatever his name is, Perchai or whatever. Yeah, it's like he—he's the because he was the engineer, so it's like he was the factory boss. Got promoted to the Politburo, like all the other guys mm-hmm. went to the Central Committee, and now he's—he's he's promoted to the Politburo, so now he's appearing and you know doing mouthing all the nonsense. However, here's the thing that, and you, so you know, I don't like these guys, right? Right. And, and I, I mean, but if, that doesn't increase I, federal if, power if, just no, because we and, don't like right. people. So if I if I were king, they all be in prison, right? I'd have them on torture rack. Right? There's there's no question. <laughs> so. Um, good thing we don't right, do torture we don't racks. Kings, right? We don't have kings yeah. anymore. We don't do torture so racks anymore. Again. Praise God, right? But uh, JC wants to torture people. Yes, yeah, I do actually. That's that'd be great. I'd start with Zuckerberg. So you, you know, <laughs> let all the let all the lefty lefty uh, websites freak out and you know publish that soundbite. And JC wants to torture people. Absolutely, I torture the crap out of Sergey Brin and Mark Zuckerberg. Absolutely. <laughs> So, but, but but here's the thing. So the problem is, like when I listen to Peter King and, the, and these guys, 
oh, you, you know, it's all this. Uh, your search search engine is biased against conservatives. Okay, I believe it is. But, it, it, you know, it would get all these results and this and that. I listen to it, and it's like it's a crutch for we don't know how to think anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I look at Google, and I look at this crap. Like, you know, Mother Jones or Vox comes up. Okay, and, it, it, and just because so that comes up in the search, and it's like I'm, I'm like, gonna go okay. Pass on through I, I that. Have pass to, on through I have that. to go to Vox now and accept everything that Vox says. You, you know it's bias, right? You already know that. So what are you saying? Engage what is what is he actually saying brain. here? That that Amer- the Americans that he represents are stupid. Are That's what he's so saying. stupid. That's what he's saying. That when the Google search result comes up, that's biased. They don't know any better than to swallow this stuff. Okay, if that's the case, then we need a different hearing going on here because we have a different problem. <laughs> the right? American education So system. as much as I, I despise Facebook and Google and all of these Marxists, at the same time, where is personal response? And I get it. And I listen, you and I have argued about this. I'm telling you, I'd go farther probably than than what really is allowed with these guys because I think it's so out of control and they're so powerful and they control so much information. But at the same time, the person has to have personal responsibility. Come on. Right. I don't. It's like the Russian collusion thing. Oh, they bought ads on Facebook. Like somebody saw a Facebook ad and suddenly decided they're voting for Trump instead of Hillary Clinton because the Russians told them to do it. Come on. Are, are we really that stupid? Well, you know, and and self liberty requires self governance. Our refusal to self govern uh, is a direct consequence to the diminishing of our liberty. And uh, so, I I hope you guys will share these things that we're telling you. We need to be engaging people. We need to be thinking people. We need to turn people off like Peter King from the get go. Right? I got to do some maintenance on my torture rack. <laughs> Peace out. We'll see you guys tomorrow. God bless. In sharing the blessings I received Let me know